This is Everyday Photography Every Day, where you get to listen in on a chat between a photographer, that's me, and a regular human. That's me. With an eye on making your pictures amazing. No technical stuff, no talk of gear or software, just photography for the love of it. We're sponsored by Neomodern.com, bringing concierge photo printing and framing to everyone with a smartphone. I'm Suzanne Fritz Hansen, enthusiastic iPhone picture taker. And I'm Michael Rubin, photographer, founder of Neomodern, and grumpy old man, and we're in San Francisco tonight. Welcome. Hey, Suzanne. Hey, Rubin. How are you? I'm good. You're in Santa Cruz. You had a walk this morning, right? I did. I did. I um, got up at 6. It's not, I'm not usually, that's not a big deal to get up at six, but uh, it's rare that someone else wants to get up at six and, hey, let's meet out at Wilder Ranch. <laughs> uh, so um, it was perfect. And I went out with Angelica, who was on our show oh, last month, and um, yeah. she was wonderful. We just had a great time. And we went out to, um, well, we were going to Wilder Ranch, which is this sort of space on the side of town on the north edge of town but we ended up kind of veering off trail and going into the kind of the farm areas on the edge of the ranch which were great guys were out there working already of course i always feel guilty like i'm just taking pictures and they're actually at work um doing (laughs) stuff but um it was great and we wandered around and we took pictures and talked about photography and it was a really nice a really nice morning. So I'm just back from that. How and long I'm, were you guys? Gosh, 6, 30, 7, 30, 8, 30, like three hours, something like that. Okay. It's, you know, reasonable. And oh. it's, I, I think that there is something interesting when um, different photographers are in are with the same subject, basically. So here are two people with, mm-hmm. with cameras having the same experience walking through the same trail at the same time of day and the different ways um, we capture it, both like the things that catch our eye that we're interested in, as well as um, when we see the same thing and we're shooting it <clears throat> and uh, and the different kinds of photographs that are created. It's, it, I mean, it's sort of a it's a little wake up call that it's just not, it's never really about the thing out there. It's you totally make it yeah. a different experience. So that was great. I, I see it. Yeah. I, I think I'll post some of my favorite pictures and some of her favorite pictures in the show notes and you can kind of see the different ways we look at stuff. Um, and there's also, you know, one of the things we talked about was, you know, she's a real, she, she really comes with beginner's mind. She's not a student of photography. She's, uh, she really equates the picture taking to walking. It's part of walking to her as opposed to mm-hmm. photography. And um, it, she she comes to it from a very different path than I come to it from. So I, I love her beginner's mind. She's just looking very um, openly at things. And often I'll look at something mm-hmm. and I do that uh, thing in my head, which is, oh, that's really cool. Of course, that reminds me of George Tice's photograph um, from Western Pennsylvania, <laughs> and I'm not going to take that mm-hmm. picture because I can't do anything even close to what he did, and that it's just going to be derivative or, or marginal. And she has no uh, filter like that. She's not thinking anything historical. She's just taking the picture in her present moment. So, yeah. you know, I, I think photography sometimes benefits from a little of both. You need to turn on your beginner's mind to just see fresh. But it's also nice to know, well, I've seen this done wonderfully. 
uh, is this is almost an homage to that, or maybe I'm I'm evolving that with my <clears throat> own experience. I don't know. It was uh, it was fun. That sounds really fun. Yeah. What it's, have you? Um, yeah. There's a project. Uh, I remember seeing it a few years ago. It's it's I think it's called Three Photographers. Um, three photographers. It's like basically three photographers or four photographers, and they have the same model. Um, for the same amount of time and they have to do they do kind of completely different shoots based on these uh these restrictions and maybe they only maybe it's like same model same day um it's something that it's like it's very it's very quick they have a finite amount of time to shoot and kind of cut like whatever the concept is and then you see just how different it is like Wait, you can are, have the same basic ingredients but is it a youtube like i think it's i saw something like, oh, i did see yeah. this yes yeah, so yeah. they go really out cool. and they take a couple minutes and then they'd come back and the next person would go and shoot yeah. the same yeah. oh yeah it is very uh, i'll put a links to that because i think it is sort of uh, when i was a kid my mom who was in publishing had a book on her shelf that was called one book three ways Mm-hmm. And they basically had the same images and the same text, and they gave it to three different compositors, different book layout people. And so you got to see how they approached the, the topic, you know, so differently. How, how differently and how much the, the book composition changes the way you experience the, the content. Mm-hmm. And so that was always inspiring to me to see the ways that composition could affect this. And and this is another version of that. I mean, it's just reminding us that um, the photographer really is bringing a lot to the table. It's not the subject. It is the photographer. But that's something that most people do not um, fully understand. I mean, I've done photo walks from Neo Modern. We've gone out. Mm-hmm. And yeah. you're walking in a group. And when someone notices something, of course, everyone gathers around like, oh, look, <laughs> you're right. That's a beautiful leaf. And they all start taking the picture. And some, at some point, the group will feel like, well, what can I – like, am I really going to take the same picture the rest of you did? Like, can I – Right. And they may not do it as opposed to realizing that it doesn't matter. Uh, they will do a different picture. Yeah, it, it exactly. Just, it has to be. There's no way to almost – even if you tried to do the same picture, there would be different exposures. There would be different heights, points of view. Yeah. Uh, so I think that's something that people um, almost have to experience to really um, internalize. Well, it sounds very cool. What a nice way to sort of start your Wednesday. Yeah, yeah, that was a good morning. And, you know, Santa Cruz is really quite beautiful. It's just, a, a, I mean, we talked about this with Shmuel's photography, but it's a photogenic town. You know, you go out. Yeah, it's, it really is. It's <laughs> it kind so, of has everything going for it. You got forests and you have ocean and people. Uh, I will say with the pandemic going on, I don't see, like in the city, in San Francisco, it's like World War Z. You know, you're walking around and people are in hazmat suits and there's feel you feel <laughs> kind of fear that it permeates everything a little bit. Uh, Santa Cruz, it's more like they're tolerating it, but it's really fresh air and open and space and you don't feel in danger i don't think there's a lot of um uh i don't think a lot of people have caught it here according to the data that i've seen so i don't think there's a an overwhelming sense of panic around the Mm. way i kind of feel in the city is a little more pervasive how you doing in there you guys getting out uh, we're getting out. We're, I was joking that we're sort of like homesteading <laughs> right now. So what, what are you doing? Is, What's your homestead? 
Oh, well, I mean, there's actually, there's several. I found out I'm a terrible baker. Um, <laughs> I've attempted to make bread twice now, and uh, I've not done well. It's Although now uh, mm-hmm. I, I phoned in reinforcements, so we're, we're going to see if that helps anything. But I've successfully made gin, and I've successfully made ginger beer. So, yeah, when this trading economy happens, I'm going to rebrand myself as bathtub ginnies and i will sell those two things <laughs> um ginger beer I, I don't drink a lot of gin so making your own is uh, do you have like jun- you what do you get juniper berries are you starting from really you do um it's i mean to be to be fair i and i didn't realize this uh gin is basically marinated vodka or infused vodka um because to make gin you need to have a neutral alcohol and so you use vodka but you do need gin- juniper berries and then you have uh, kind of a plethora of other botanicals that you can choose from and customize it. And really, yeah, You're not, it's, it's not it's not distilled juniper. Like that isn't gin. Well, I think this is uh, this is called bathtub gin. I see. Um, it's so a special it's, special rules apply. Exactly, special <laughs> rules apply. I'm not. Uh, don't worry. I don't have like a, a still or whatever that might explode the neighborhood like moonshiners. But it's um. It's yeah. It's basically just infused, infused vodka, and it takes about twenty four hours. So it's unless you want it a little stronger, then you could do two days. But not you don't want to do it too long because it, it, it kind of uh, becomes oversaturated like tea. If you kind of if you brew it too long, it doesn't taste good. That's in- but the ginger beer is yeah. The ginger beer is a little bit more complicated besides just pouring botanicals into into a jar and then adding vodka. But uh-huh. it's really really delicious. Well, I like ginger beer. Is that what you're yeah. drinking? That looks it is good. what I'm drinking right I now. Mean, it is Wednesday morning. I'm hoping it's not the gin, you know. True. Uh, <laughs> it's not alcoholic. It's not alcoholic ginger beer. Sure. Sure. I'll, I'll stay. Uh, that's your story. You can stay with that. Okay. Sure, sure. Good. Um, have you been taking any pictures? Uh, you know, I really I haven't been taking pictures. We've been walking more. And I, and I feel it's kind of the same thing that maybe Angelica – um, has gotten better at, but it's like, for us, it's been about like just the walk and getting out and being like, okay, I'm out of the house. I need to breathe. But I've been noticing so many more things. And I want to sort of stop and take pictures. I'm, I'm inclined to be like, Oh, that would be great. But then there's the other part of me that's like, but I don't want to stop. So I think Mm. I'm kind of on the precipice of perhaps, uh, I think you have to go by yourself. I think it's kind of boring unless the other person is also taking pictures. Yeah. I think you're right annoying to sort of stop the walk every few feet. I, I remember when I was a kid, um, we would travel with my family and my dad had a camera. He wasn't really a, a photographer in uh, even as a hobbyist, but he did have a camera with him and he had a tripod with him. So I remember when we were, I was very young, we were at Expo 67. So that's how I was what like- What is that? Uh, Expo 67, it was a big uh, international exposition in, in uh, like- Montreal or something like that. It was huge. Okay. You can Google it. It was a quite. It was a big thing, I think. And we would walk around. It's sort of like Disneyland. You're walking around a giant sort of theme parky kind of place. And he would stop and set up the tripod and put the camera on it and be taking pictures. And the family, we would be walking forward, and there was always this moment of like, oh, we had to stop and wait for him to do whatever he was doing. <laughs> and of course, he stopped moving and. That's like my experience of Expo is waiting for my father to finish taking his pictures and then he'd put the right. tripod away and then continue. we'd continue on. But this would happen <laughs> all the time, 
You know, this right. is an ongoing. I can't even imagine growing up with a photographer. It would just be <laughs> like a real one, you know. Um, the way that reminded me of something. Oh, so I, I mean, as far as taking pictures in quarantine, I had uh, been making various um, photo projects for people, my friends on yeah. Facebook and trying stuff out on the book. And the most recent sort of composition workshop I did uh, was nice. And I think I, uh, it might be something you could try. I don't okay. know if you've been following. Tell me about it. So um, it would begin by going through your home and assembling a, a, like a little tableau a little still life hopefully on a table that you can walk all the way around that it can be uh not just against a wall but that you have a little more access to it but i want you to gather cool objects just your little memorabilia so nothing's maybe bigger than a i don't know nothing's bigger than a a vase but uh, think think small so for me, it was like a toy train that I'd had as a kid and a, and a Viewmaster thing and a slide rule and a, a toy something and a little va- a broken teapot. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, so, so assemble those things and don't worry too much about the composition of them. Just get them all shoved together. They're all kind of interesting and meaningful. And on sort of your first project would be just to get a picture of that setup and I want to see okay. that setup. Okay. So n- now that you have that and you can do this with your phone. This is a phone project. Try to take a picture of one of the objects without uh, moving them. You don't get or... to touch them anymore. Once okay. you've set it up, this is going to you need to be able to stay put for a number of days. Okay? okay. So the first project would be to t- try to take a picture of one of the things there. So, of course, what you realize very quickly is you cannot isolate one of the objects. There's always going to be the rest of them. No matter what you think you want to take a picture of, it's <laughs> right. going to have more things in it than you want. And right. they're all interesting because, by definition, you picked a bunch of weird, interesting objects. Mm-hmm. They're all meaningful to you. But the whole group is – you can't shoot the whole thing. You got to try to shoot something in there. So you're getting close. You're moving around. You're trying it from different points of view. And it's hard. And what the first thing you realize is that all rules of composition are, are th- that d- tell you to put a subject in a certain position are, are sort of presuming that everything else in the frame is meaningless. <laughs> you know? And the reason okay. why you can't just put an object, this is, again, part of my rule of thirds is bogus kind of. But but it'll prove it to you because the way you are going to compose your picture is through the arrangement of what else is – like you have your subject somewhere in the frame, but you're looking at the rest of the objects in the rectangle of your photograph and thinking about are they too, are they even weighted with the subject? Are, do you want them to drop back more sort of in right. energy? Uh, are they competing with it? And And you're going to end up kind of cropping them with your frame. Mm-hmm. Like and I don't want any cropping post processing. You need to compose in the frame. Okay. But as you move around your subject, you are going to recognize that there's pieces of other things in the frame and you got to decide. Do you want a lot of it in, a little of it in? If you can recognize too much of it, it's sort of distracting. If you recognize less, it looks like a mistake. So right. that is a really important part of, of composition. It's very much like real life. You mm-hmm. don't usually control the elements out in the world. And even if you want to take a picture of a single thing, there's lots of things in the frame. 
Yeah. And so that is a really good sort of exercise to practice moving around and, and also realize the degree, certainly with a still life that you can walk all around, how many ways can you shoot that thing? Top mm-hmm. down, low angle, from the from eye height, from the side. Maybe you just have a glancing blow, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it really wakes you up to the sense that there's not one way to shoot that thing. There's going to be mm-hmm. dozens, if not infinite, possibilities. And yeah. that the composition really is about uh, about everything in the frame. You, when people say look around the frame, now it's really brought home. Because mm-hmm. you have to look around to see what else is in there, and it's going to be in there. So that's the first project, okay? That's great. I love it. Um, the second project with the same things is to pick another object and do this again. But I would say I want you to do the same subject at different times of the day. Because so the, the same pile of stuff. The sa- the you, same- remember, you don't get to touch the stuff. So it's going to be. I wasn't sure if we made a new pile. No, just no, checking. no. You, do, you, do, you don't get any new piles and you do not get to rearrange objects. Got it. You need to do it at first without even thinking about the photo. You just need to make a, a kind of a, a delightful little, you know, like on your bedside Vignette. table. You know, think how people make little shrines out of found mm-hmm. objects and stuff. So try it again with a different object on day two, but on this, this time, really. Notice, do it in the morning, do it in the afternoon, do it in the evening. Notice how the light changes on it, how it might mm-hmm. get kind of dark. How, And in fact, the light will change what you see in the tableau. Since mm-hmm. you, don't, you don't control the light any more than you control the objects, but you can move around and you can see how light changes your feelings about these things. Okay. So, and what you'll see is that the dark areas that are created and the shadows that are created are as much a part of the composition as the objects. You mm-hmm. start to recognize that you you may not control them, but by moving around, you are composing a picture with these various shadows and, and the light's hitting it at a funny angle here and suddenly it's making that object over there more interesting looking. Or it's hiding things that were visually distracting before, but now they're in the shadows. Um, that's basically the the project, and it's a cool. and the function is about composition to practice composing these objects in the frame when you can't touch them, and mm-hmm. the light is changing. And notice over, and then the third the third sort of project with these is to let this thing sit there for days. So, and every day, try taking the pictures of the same object. Mm-hmm. And notice if, like, you get the cliche out of the way, as we often say here. You get the right. obvious pictures out of the way. You've seen it. But now that you've seen it in multiple days of light and you've been staring at this thing for a while, can you push yourself beyond where you started? Can you see it? Can you try more radical things that you hadn't considered or you had rejected at some point or the lighting didn't allow them? And I think that by sitting with it for long periods of time, sometimes that's where you get to your most interesting pictures. Maybe you don't need to see that object in the middle fully lit perfectly. And what you realize is that when it's kind of cropped a lot and off to the side, but being lit and in focus, it's it's the most powerful way to represent it. You don't. It's not a document of that thing. It's not a scrapbook picture. It's yeah. now this this little scene, and you've been living with it. And and I think that uh, if I had to pick one sort of project for people, I feel like this whole this whole t- little 
experiment is really instructive. And it's what, for me, I go through all the time. This is why I shoot in my apartment. Most, 90% of my photography is out in the world, but the practice, mm -hmm. the kind of the workout, if you're like going to the gym mm -hmm. version of this, is yeah. shooting the same kind of subject in the same kind of environment and seeing if you can push yourself and seeing it further uh so anyway, that's my uh, little... I like it. It's a artistic um, photographic fitness or something nice. along those lines. Nice. I think, um, I think it's a great, it is a great exercise and a, a really fun and easy thing for us all to try while we're, you know, quarantined or while we're sheltering in place. So find a collection of important objects or, you know, interesting objects that you like, uh, um, put them in a place that you can leave them for a few days. Mm -hmm. uh, get the cliche out of the way and sort of, you know, shoot them as, as a vignette, but then start to shoot them individually, knowing that you can't crop after, um, after the shot it has to be cropped in camera. Yeah. And, and, and every, and every picture is going to be the same aspect ratio. There could be a series. And I would suggest mm -hmm. that maybe all of them are horizontal, okay, you know, got like it. force, create some constraints for yourself because it makes it a little harder, but it also it lowers the variations. So you're not like, you know, yeah, going crazy well, and you can look at them next to each other easily, and it kind of becomes a nice sort of um, an, yeah. an evolution. Yeah. Uh, and then shoot at different times of the day, and then shoot, really push yourself and get radical. Yeah, yeah. And cool. I'd love to see, so I want you to do this. I want to see your I pictures. I will do this. I will take this on. <laughs> I have homework now. <laughs> you have homework. Well, when you're done with the gin, it might be... Uh... I'll, I can, I can, yes, I can shoot before and after the gin and see how that affects my. Hey, maybe the setup for making fitness. the gin is your, is your scene. Like I can't make... leave that out for a couple of days. I'll drive myself crazy. Okay. <laughs> maybe not. All right. Uh, but uh, or my my other roommates crazy. <laughs> yes, and that's important to not make your roommates crazy during shut in. You know. Right, right. Uh, well, this was a great little, uh, I, I mean, short and sweet uh, episode with um, a great. I don't know, drill and skill to help us all stay fit while we're sheltering in place. It's the only kind of fit I'm going to be from staying in place. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was, I'm glad you made some time so we could get together today. It's good. Absolutely. Should we wrap it up? Let's do it. All right. Our show is recorded and produced in San Francisco. Go to neilmodern.com slash podcast to get show notes, see photos and post comments, leave reviews and ratings on iTunes or wherever you listen. And don't forget to subscribe. We get new listeners from you telling your friends and spreading the word. If you know someone who might get something from us, send them a link. Thanks to Mitchell Foreman for our theme music and all of you for hanging out with us. We appreciate your attention and hope we've given you some things to think about until next time.